Boerte van der Feiver is the CEO of Just Solve and he joins us for this edition of What's Next. And it's lovely to have you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Aki. Thank How are you, you doing? For, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great pleasure. Well. Now, listen, you're the founder of, of Just Solve. You've been in the business for 20 years. Uh, digital transformation runs through your blood. How have you seen, before we start, like digital transformation happening since COVID? Because I know it accelerated dramatically, right? Yes. Has it settled down or is it still going on? I imagine that, you know, with AI and everybody talking about generative AI, that it's, you know, it's not stopping at all. Yeah, I think it's a bit like uh, throwing, um, you know, petrol on water and well on water. Um, so the moment you think it dies down, it just flames up again. Yeah. So so definitely we, we saw... A big uh, uptake in COVID, um, in healthcare and and other industries, um, communicating with patients, solving real problems. Where um, traditional organisations started realising yeah. that they not necessarily um, in touch with their patients, and um, how do they actually going forward create those relationships and have those touch points to reach out to a patient or to anyone uh, within their healthcare profession and the service providers? Um, then in the last two year well year yeah. we definitely saw a little bit of a, a downturn but this last couple of months on this last year with uh, gpt3 and gpt4 uh, coming out and and ai becoming more mainstream yeah. uh, all of those things um do definitely keep the the flame going and it's, it's not going to die down anytime soon no it's interesting and, and what you guys are doing at just solve is absolutely fascinating so we're, we're going to talk about pro-code and uh, the low-code gap, and we're going to talk about how businesses can empower themselves and unlock tremendous value using the tools that we're going to be talking about today. But touching on AI, and, and you're 100% right, I mean, AI has just become so sexy this year with mm -hmm. ChatGPT, but the reality is that AI has been around for a while. Um, yeah. and, and but, 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 you know, there's so many different products now, and people are realizing, hang on a second, we can unlock tremendous value in our business if we yeah. do this properly. So can you explain to us how AI and low-code development kind of intersect in the context of, say, software development? Because mm. it's very different. And I think people don't quite understand that nuance, right? Yeah, definitely, Aki. I think if you if you look back at, at, at businesses, they are very good in, in defining their business models and, mm. and um, seeing gaps in the market, address a market need. Um, and, and that's what digital transformation is all about, is, is, is ultimately serving the customer and the customer experience uh, the best of your ability right. through all of the touch points. So how do you stitch together an end-to-end customer experience that doesn't leave your customer disappointed at any of those touch points? And how do you continue ah. the conversation across all of those channels and touch points? Because there's a lot of complexity, right? But how do you bring that together to make sense so that you can deliver that customer experience? So, so, so firstly, the, when a company starts uh, on their digital transformation um, journey, yeah. they need to form a strategy, right? They, and there's management consultants that can help with those strategies. But what they're often lacking is the execution of that strategy. Who's going to implement it? That's where we come in. So we come in at the, the point where we say, okay, um, let's go through a consultative process. Let's work together with you on your strategy that you've already defined. And um, where do you need help? Um, let's advise you on, on that journey of implementing it correctly. So we, we seek to, we call it subtract before we add. And, and by that, we, we always, um, uh, you know, that speaks back to our core um, ethos of writing the least amount of code to solve yeah. the problem. So ultimately, we call ourselves solvers and just solve. So we try and um, like solve, 
solve a problem exactly. without writing code. Just it, solve it. Just solve it. Just solve it. Yes. So we just we we write code when it's needed, but um, and if it's needed, and if it's needed, we write the least amount of code to solve the problem. So you, you what you said earlier is interesting. You stitch it all together, right? Yes. And that's the that's the big thing over there because you can't have it in different silos. No. And once you've stitched it together, then comes back to your previous question, actually, comes the, the concept of um, a trend called hyper-automation. Yes. So under hyper-automation, under that umbrella of auto-automation, you get AI, you get low-code, and you get RPA, the robotic process automation, mm -hmm. as an example. Now, now if you, you say, like, AI has been around for a long time, it is. I mean, I had that at university as a subject in my fourth year. So, you know, that that is not something new to us in the software development sure. industry. It is new in terms of being mainstream, of course, and being accessible for businesses to actually create real use cases. Mm. But um, thinking back to the RPA concept, for instance, um, we as developers, we've written many screen scraping tools over the years. Um, a screen scraper, back in the days, we uh, were working for a company where we had to um, collect debt. And in collecting debt, you have to make sure um, that the person is still alive. Otherwise, why would you try and collect debt if the person is deceased? Yes. Now, there wasn't any integrations into Home Affairs, for example. So uh -huh. we wrote these screen scrapers, which is basically there's a browser that goes onto a website and um, mimics the actions of a user. So it goes and it enters on the Home Affairs website, your, uh, the ID number in question, then presses the submit or the click, and then it waits for the for the web page to refresh to have the, the text label say deceased or alive. And then we read that and we update the database to say whether the so person you is... collect all those little cookies and make sense of them, eh? Yeah, but now that someone took and they they put a configuration tool and a platform around that and they put authentication and configuration and they made it accessible to enterprises and that, uh, they called it RPA. Okay. It's the same now with AI. The building blocks has been there for a very long time. It's so interesting. I mean, where where do you see the the the, the future of AI and low code development going? And and you know, when you look at it in the context of what you guys do at Just Solve and where you you know develop software and that sort of thing, where where is the future going? Okay, so firstly, um, <clears throat> on the low code to understand what low code is, yes. um, it's important before I get to to where it's going. Um, so if you think about any any machine, um, when we went over from the analog world to the digital world, right? Digital worked with um, ones and zeros, and those ones and zeros are represented by voltages on or off. Okay. Um, but it's quite difficult, as you can imagine, for a human to express themselves in a natural language yeah. trying to code in ones and zeros. So over the years, um, people have created abstraction layers to make programming in a more natural way more accessible. So it's very important to understand how those layers stack up because, yeah. because the complexity is just um, abstracted away. It doesn't go away. Um, it just the end user that uses it or the developer that uses mm. it doesn't realize all of the complexity. Like in C, you still had to um, dispose of your own objects when you code and you had to manage your memory pointers That's and all right. of those things, right? So... Um, in, in C-sharp, you don't have that. The garbage collection, everything's taken care of for you. You don't even know about that anymore. So these low-code platforms are now just putting another abstraction layer above the normal uh, managed libraries that the developers today use anyway uh, with a visual interface on top of them. Yes. And 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 so where AI then comes in is it it, it now makes the, the suggestions, whether you're writing um, traditional code 
or you're using a visual interface, at the end of the day, um, AI assists you in predicting what are you trying to say? Naming a database table automatically. Simplifying it, basically. Yeah, simplifying it. Expressing, uh, like with prompt engineering, with ChatGPT, expressing your need of what you want and the AI giving you the, the boilerplate template for what you expressed, so, and then you can extend it. So all of this must take a lot of time off writing the code, right? Because yes. once you've got AI doing and assisting you, yes. not only is it doing it more accurately, but it's doing it a lot faster. Yeah, so Microsoft has got, uh, I mean, they bought, I don't know if you're aware of it, they bought uh, GitHub. And, yes. Uh, so they, um, through having access to all of those code bases across um, across the world, basically, they could start implementing a machine learning program to learn from contributions to those source codes, um, how long things take, how often commits happen, mm. where mistakes uh, is coming in. Yeah. And then and then created this, this machine learning model that now is incorporated in um, what they call Copilot. Co yes. So Microsoft Copilot, the, the Microsoft devs can now use that for a very low fee on a monthly basis sure. to, to assist them, to make them probably two times um, more productive than they currently are. So there's a constant, constant disruption happening in every technological aspect of our lives today, which is yeah. absolutely fascinating. So what at, at Just Solve, I mean, you guys obviously at the cutting edge of technology. You understand where the trends are, where the disruptions are. How do you guys stay at the cutting edge of AI? Because, you know, every day, I, I mean, I must be honest with you, even I struggle to keep up with what's happening because there's always a new product coming out. I see ChatGPT's launched a new version. It, there's just so much happening. How do you guys stay ahead of the curve? Thanks, Aki. Um, it's, 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 not, it's not a one, <laughs> one answer to that, but I think... Just just by incorporating it into our day-to-day -day, um, use cases. So so currently we're using ChatGPT to help us with um, user experience design, mm. um, creating um, ideas for our designs together with our ideas to and, and user journeys. And so in in informing the requirements for the customer, yeah. um, writing the user stories, doing um, marketing initiatives, doing the UX designs, we we try and use these tools in our everyday lives. And in our development day to day and our testing, yes, um, to see to see the opportunities. So you're using so, primarily ChatGPT. I mean, for that what you just discussed, yes, right? Yes. Because because I mean, I was reading about this and like all of these AI engines do different things. Like Claude would do something different to what ChatGPT do, yes. and one of them does it better than the other, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But ChatGPT seems to be the one that's kind of a good all-rounder yeah to be honest with you we haven't played too much with claude uh, and, and the other ones at the moment um we are we are reading up about it we're watching um webinars on it but we we we're using chat gpt on a day-to-day -day basis probably because they were the first to, yeah. to launch mainstream so there's no right or wrong but um we we continuously challenge ourselves to be innovative and to to first understand the technology ourselves mm. and to first um do it in our own use cases before we try and advise customers. So it's a little bit of eating your own dog food. You know? Yes. And you're probably stress testing this thing every single day to see what it can yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, we try and uh, do it as, as much as possible and, and where time allows. Um, we also... Um, you know, looking looking towards the the future of, of low code and and where that's going, there's a lot of AI initiatives in that space that is taking up a lot of our um, time as well. Yeah. Where we are part of early adoption uh, programs. Yes. Um, OutSystems is is one of the low code platforms of which we are partner in in, in uh, South Africa. 
and uh, they've got a project uh, codenamed uh, Morpheus. So, yes, I've um, heard about it. Yeah, so Project Morpheus, we were we were actually in uh, Portugal uh, three weeks ago at a, at a conference there where they showcased the latest um, uh, progress in the, the Project Morpheus um, saga. And um, just to give you an idea of what low-code can do for developer productivity mm. is um, it can it, it allows you to to make your developers three to ten times more productive than they currently are. And As and, much as that. Yeah. And if you look at all of the stats across sure. um, uh, what it costs to, to refactor apps, what it costs to... Um, to, to run apps on a cloud platform, um, the initial um, setup costs, um, time to market, and uh, productivity, it all boils down to a four to 10 times ROI that executives can actually experience using these progressive that's, technologies. That's pretty impressive, eh? Yeah, so, 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 um, so given all of that, with Project Morpheus, they are predicting up to 100 times more productivity. Wow. So that's and, uh, a how 10x. When do you think that, how soon do you think that would happen? Because it's it's growing so exponentially. You like yes. can't keep up yeah. with it. No, you can't keep up with it. Uh, but it is it is, it is is something they, they didn't want to commit a timeline to because um, yes. the only thing that can go wrong <laughs> when you have a project plan is the plan itself. Exactly. Um, but they, they're predicting three to seven years. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely scary. It's around the corner. Yeah. So, so from your perspective, Obviously, there's a, a, a great significance that AI and low-code development can play mm. in a company's strategic, uh, you know, planning looking yeah. forward. Because if a company has not thinking about this right now, yeah. and you're not strategically focused on the future mm. with AI, low-code, etc., you're going to be in trouble. Because I can promise you one thing: your competitors are doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you look, you, you need to go back to the core of digital transformation, which is the customer. Yeah. So, so it doesn't help you embark on an AI initiative, maybe from upskilling your team in terms of getting to know the technology, but, mm. but how do you apply it? So you have to look at use cases to, to apply it for a better customer experience, probably right. first and foremost. So it's something often that, that companies um, might be missing is that you've got, you've got some, some things within your organization that are standard. Yes. It's not unique to you. It's not common to you. So... For that, you would use like an ERP, like a SAP or, or whatever the case is, which has got predefined industry standards and best practices. You right. don't want to go and change that for your company. You just want to adopt it and, and, and make it work for your company. But to change those systems are often um, expensive and time-consuming mm. and, and the resources are not necessarily available or within your company to actually do. Um, so, and, and a lot of that is also fairly highly regulated depending on the industry you're operating so it's important to always ask what is what is core to my business what is common and what is unique and and to focus um the ai use cases and the the low code uh, we want to rapidly innovate and get feedback on those um what is unique to your business right yeah okay no and it's interesting you say that i think that over the years you know many businesses have added so many different layers that they sometimes uh, lose focus on certain of those layers and that ultimately uh, affects their customer experience. Yeah. So if you can provide us some insights into how businesses, for example, can gain that competitive edge using and leveraging AI and, of course, low-code development. I mean, you touched on that hyper-automation earlier. Yeah. Uh, and it's fascinating to see the companies that are adopting hyper-automation and what how many hours they save a month of yeah. doing 
those repetitive tasks, for example. And if you really look deep into an organization, you can always find a way of doing something better and more efficiently, right? Yeah. Yeah, so let, let's use the use case of, um, let's say, RPA, where you might have an insurance uh, brokering business where um, a lot of agents are needed to do a lot of things manually. Although the processes have been streamlined over many years, um, everything across all of the systems, as, yes. as the company has involved and, and maybe through acquisitions or otherwise, um, there's a lot of systems that are not talking to each other. So they're using two or three um, different... Like give me an example of that, so like a practical example. Like let's say I'm the customer, I'm taking out a short-term insurance or something, I come to you, it's done, captured digitally, and then it goes to another process, then it's going to go to another process. That's what you're talking about, right? Yes, and, and so let's say, let's say you, you've, you've, you've submitted your claim. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, claims a great example. Yeah. Now um, you you can use AI to okay. Hopefully it's not paper based, but if it was paper based, um, it can extract with OCR and, and the rest. It can learn what format the uh, paper is in, where the fields are, and it can extract the data and digitize it. But hopefully you've got an electronic process already, um, and then the 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 AI can determine which route is the optimal route to take based on several factors. So. It, it can go one route, but then let's say it goes to a manual route. Now you only have, uh, let's say, uh, 20 agents that can handle the claims processes manually that didn't go through the automatic process. Yes. Um, how do you now scale those people? Because people work between eight and five and then um, they go home. Um, so you don't necessarily want to employ more people. That's what RPA comes in. So you can now set up agents that work throughout the night 24-7 that um, that that, that does the work just like the human would have done it. And it's more accurate. And it's more accurate. There's no finger typos. There's no... And, you, and, and, uh, and of course, the, the amount of hours that you're gaining doing this, you know, that yes. you don't have to have a human going through all of this. Or, uh, I mean, that, that, that is a serious competitive advantage. That, that is a serious advantage. And um, once, once you have settled and you can actually consolidate your systems or integrate them, then yes. the RPA part will fall away. Fair, fair enough. So, but, but definitely, it's a, it's a big advantage. Look, we're making it sound pretty easy <laughs> over here, but it, it, it's, it's not as easy as it seems, right, no. Berta? I mean, the thing is you've got to do it properly, and once you've done it properly, then it becomes quite easy, right? Yeah. But, of course... With any kind of implementation, as you know, with your experience, there's always a challenge here and there. There's always a, a, a code that might not be correct in certain ways or a piece of software or you've got legacy systems running in your organization. Um, what are those common challenges that you find when you consult with organizations, mm -hmm. when they're starting to say we're adapting to these AI solutions that have been proposed how, how, what are the challenges and how do you address those challenges? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so firstly, I think it's very important to, to, to get the right um, consultancy to advise you because, um, you know, we, first and foremost, we are software developers, we are problem solvers. Yes. So all of our people come highly trained and um, they come from a traditional software development background. So our architects um, can work across the enterprise landscape and understand how these different things fit together. And understanding what the problems are, right? Yes, and then in a consultative way, to consult around the problem before putting technology and tools. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's always, it's always, it's always uh, people, process, technology, not the other way around. You, you, and you know, it's so many times you see the mistake being made in there, throw in the software and then yeah. they expect the people to adapt. Yeah. The wrong way. Yeah, and, and, and especially change management is, is very important in the, in the adoption side. But if you think about blockchain, you know, um, 
there, there was databases, um, centralized databases that had um, all of the advantages of blockchain without the decentralization. So the big um, claim to fame for, for blockchain was, um, or part of it initially was um, the fact that it's immutable, that you can't overwrite the database. When yes. the record's in there, it's in there. But there's many centralized databases that have the same features and have had it many years before blockchain. So um, don't don't try and find a problem to solve with a technology. Right. Uh, do it the other way around. Understand the problem exactly like you're saying first, and then look at um, the ways that you know without risk that will work, and then only if one of the later or newer use cases like AI is a, is a good fit, then you suggest it. So a lot of times um, it might be that the linear regression algorithm or a decision tree will solve mm. your problem. You don't need an AI ML model. You don't need that necessarily. You don't need a decentralized <laughs> blockchain. But yeah, and that, no, it makes complete sense. You know, it's almost like we're doing a, you know, a 360 here. Yeah. But, you know, the promise that ch technologies like the blockchain present, you know, those, those are fantastic technologies. And I think that they can be very useful yeah. if implemented correctly in the future. Uh, you know, we, we spoke about that uh, accelerating that software development process. Now, every organization has got some sort of software going in and they're busy with something and they're developing something, etc. When you look at AI and low-code development, mm. that obviously can, you know, you know, looking listening to our discussion, it can have a tremendous benefit on accelerating the development of software in your organization. Mm. You can now do things a lot faster than what you used to before, right? Yeah, and and the, and the same with um, getting insights into your data, um, data that has been there for many years, that just needs to be cleaned up a bit um, and then mined, and um, you know ultimately getting some some knowledge and insights and learnings out of yeah. the information you already have. Um, so so it can it can accelerate stuff, but it can also um, bring new 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 ways of solving old problems and better ways of oh, solving. Really? Like, like for instance, um, I think Naked Insurance is quite a good example of of an AI-based um, um, company that that started where they said that um, they they're going to launch an insurance uh, product that um, that doesn't um, require any any interaction with with any people. Mm. So everything is automated from day one. It was a business that was started that way. Um, that's why they call it naked because you, you, you're not interacting with anyone. You don't have anything on. Um, what's also interesting, they, 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 they said that they're never going to um, advertise. It's only going to be word of mouth. But uh, that was a couple of years ago when I met the guys that founded it in Johannesburg. But after that, I have seen some billboards on the highway. Yes, yes. Um, so, so things change. Uh, and you have to adapt and, and you have to put your brand out there. Um, but the fact that the, you're still not dealing with any agents still true to their promise. Um, so there's, there's use cases like, like that, new business models, where you can run a very lean ship if you design it the right yeah. way from the start. Um, that's what I mean by um, solving things in a different way or, or solving things from from ground up mm. completely differently. But what I'm hearing from you as well, Berta, is that you can't, you can't just implement something mm. in the space that we're talking about with AI and low-code, et cetera, and just leave it. You got to no. keep. You got to keep at it all the time. You got to keep changing it. You got to keep uh, adapting yeah, it yeah. because nothing stays static anymore. I think about it with, um, irrespective of the technology. I think about it as a product view versus a project view. Oh, okay. So a lot of companies see it as a project. The project kicks off. You do the work. 
you live and goes into maintenance mode. But the moment it's been in maintenance mode for, for, for 12 months, you've lost your competitive edge because your, your competitors didn't stop. You need to keep on expanding. So you have to have a product mindset, a product view. What's the product roadmap? Where are we taking this? What are we adding next? Oh, we might be adding an AI chatbot. Great. Um, but that has to be part of a product mindset and not a project mindset. Yeah. And it's amazing when you undergo the journey that you're talking about yeah. now, you soon discover other revenue streams and you unlock tremendous value in an organization, yeah. which brings me to the point about the future. And I've read the, you know, the stats out there and I, you know, I've spoken to a couple of CEOs as well. Mm. And they say that in the next 18 months, things like generative AI is going to impact 20% of the corporate world. And mm. that's like being conservative. Now they don't say that to scare people, yeah. but that's reality. In the context of what yeah. we've been talking about here today, it's not like you, you have to slow down and, you know, AI must be put. You can't do that because yeah. if you don't do something, your competitors are doing something. Yeah, and I think it's 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 a balance. Um, and if, you, if you're not continuously in, um, investing in, in it, um, you're definitely going to fall behind the curve. And we are saying, let's work together. Let's get a, a roadmap and a plan together. Let's pull in the right uh, people for the job. Let's start on, on working on some of these initiatives. Um, and like you say, as as you get closer and work together day to day, the the the, the solutions start presenting themselves. Exactly. What a awesome chatting to you. F a fantastic insights, and well done on your business. And I hope you guys grow from strength to strength. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. Aki. Thank there you go. That's Berta van der Feyfer, who is the CEO and the founder of Just Solve. And I hope it adds a bit of context to what's happening out in the business world and how important it is. To understand what an organization like Just Solve can bring to your business and the value that it can help you unlock in your organization. Give them a call.